lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email the program. D-E-A-C-E is how to spell the last name. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Gab, Parlor. All of those places, the latter three are where free speech is still celebrated. You can also uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for clips of the show that you want to go watch for free later, sample, share with others, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Coming up on the program today, some Theology Thursday coming your way as we continue the look at my most recent book, A Nefarious Carol, the sequel to A Nefarious Plot. Uh, We're going to be joined by conservative comedian Tim Young is going to join us here at the bottom of the hour. We'll go over several different things in the news with him. We'll play a game of three non-political questions. I also don't want to tell you about Rough Greens, who's been one of our loyal friends here on the show for a good long time. And it, it, you know, if you're not sure, if you haven't tried this with your pet yet, this is how confident that Rough Greens is um, in their product. Uh, most dogs love this stuff right out of the gate. That was certainly the case with our pet. Um, but you know what? You can have picky pets that maybe, you know, they, they need a little bit more time because Lord knows they definitely need the nutrition because a lot of what is coming out of the stores these days for your pet, similar to us. It's just dead as a doornail, stripped of all those vitamins, minerals, nutrients they need. And that's where Rough Greens comes in. It puts all that stuff back into your pet's food. And so they want to make sure that they get a chance to help as many of the pets in this audience as they possibly can. So right now, you can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out. That's right. A free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out. All you pay is the shipping. When you go to roughgreens.com, again, that's roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com. Try it right now for free. Just pay for the shipping at roughgreens.com or give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG, 833-ROUGH-DOG. And again, this stuff comes very highly recommended with our own little Bichon cap. All right, plenty going on with the show here today, but of course, we must kick it off as we traditionally do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by... This deal is getting worse all the time. The White House and Senate Democrats have reportedly struck a deal in the upcoming third stimulus bill. The agreement they struck would limit the eligibility for the third round of stimulus checks for Americans. Under the agreement, the $1,400 direct payments to taxpayers will begin to phase out at $75,000 for individuals with no one making more than $80,000 a year eligible for the payments. For those who file jointly, the phase out will begin for those making $150,000 a year and end at $160,000 a year. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, in this house, we believe we got scammed by a dementia patient. 
在这个房子里，我们相信我们被痴呆症患者欺骗了。Meanwhile, in the House of Representatives, Democrats this morning passed HR one. It's a massive election bill that would essentially drop a neutron bomb on right of Chairman Mao candidates across the country. The bill would create automatic voter registration across the country and allow felons who've served their sentences to vote. The bill would also expand early voting and voting by mail across the country. Check out what happens to the White House's live feed when Joe Biden solicits unscripted questions. And I'm happy to take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do, Nance. Whatever you want me to do. For those of you listening, what we just watched was the live feed from the White House ending and cutting off after Biden solicits open questions. Before that happened, Biden was asked for his thoughts on the states of Mississippi and Texas rescinding their statewide mask mandates. The last, thing, the last thing we need is Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime everything's fine. Take off your mask. Forget it. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said yesterday he's not going to go away quietly. I never touched anyone. Inappropriately, I wasn't elected by politicians. I was elected by the people of the state of New York.、Uh, I'm not going to resign. And now, today in coronavirus history, a look back at some of the great leaps in science brought about by the virus. In the UK, a year ago today, this story: an advertisement for a face mask company was pulled off of Amazon's UK website by the Advertising Standards Authority for making misleading claims. The advertisement read, in part, "Quote: One of the best ways to protect yourself is to get a high-quality face mask that can protect you from viruses, bacteria, and other air pollutants." More. In the fight to reopen schools in Arizona, Governor Doug Ducey signed an executive order yesterday mandating all schools return to in-person learning in the state by March 15th. In Iowa, the superintendent of the largest school district in the state, Des Moines Public Schools, could lose his administrator license for failing to present a legal return-to-learn plan to the state of Iowa. Under the new Iowa law passed in January, all schools are to offer 100% in-person learning. Des Moines Public Schools Superintendent Thomas A. Hart never offered 100% in-person learning even after the law was passed, so now his license is on the line. Why am I telling you this、uh, parochial story? Just to show you once again that Iowa still knows how to kick names. The Alabama State Senate passed a bill yesterday that would make hormone therapy and surgery for youth with gender dysphoria a felony in the state. The bill now heads to the state House of Representatives. This news comes at the same time the state of Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves is set to sign a bill into law banning dudes from competing on female sports teams and vice versa. Checking in on the Pope, who heads to Iraq tomorrow for a three-day pilgrimage. Which includes an interfaith prayer tour at the site of an old Babylonian temple dedicated to the moon god Nana. Yesterday, the Vatican released excerpts of a new book, which features a lengthy interview with the Pontiff. In the book, Francis talks about the biblical account of a global flood being an outpouring of God's wrath, and talks about how unchecked global warming due to human behavior may lead to another outpouring of God's wrath. Another flood in Genesis chapter nine. Of course, God promises not to flood the earth again. And finally, Babylon Bee headline: Embarrassed Pope suddenly realizes he's been reading the Bible upside down this whole time. And that's what happened while we were away. Steve, will you take this coffee mug and bash me over the head with it, please? <laughs> Until I bleed or I'm un- unconscious. Either way. Sorry, America. So, so, so Luther thought the Pope was the whore of Babylon. 
And he's literally going to go visit Mystery Babylon? Literally? Literally? I told you guys like a month ago that this guy has become the ridiculous papal figure in the in the Left Behind books. He's like become it in real life. There's so much about this whole montage. That's the key phrase, real life. If you provided a movie script that had that going on and dementia Joe Biden getting cut off. Yeah. While, fade to black, fade to black. While over here, yes. HR1 is basically... Uh, a few good men. You're damn right. I ordered the code red. It's all happening in real. If that was a movie script, you would say that's no, no, we can't put that out. That's that would be like a ridiculous yes. conservative movie script. Exactly. And we could all pick the only two or three actors that would ever, ever dare attach their names to it because the script would be so hokey, so contrived, yeah, Kurt Cameron so might played just say, out. Mm, I don't know about that. And one. yet it's, is this real life? It is. It is. Might I suggest that the Pope Go to a Bible study instead, maybe. Yeah, maybe. you got to work on our small groups. Yes, okay. Pope, somebody in in the Pope's small group, give him a call. Yes, are you in a life group with Pope Francis? <laughs> yes, by, are you his accountability partner? Yes, by all means. Uh, Aaron's montage brought to you by Omega XL. If you are struggling with pain, and chances are it's inflammation, if it's in the back, knees, neck, or shoulder pain, it's persistent, it's nagging, stiffness of joints, those uh, can be a part of this as well. Chances are it's because you're losing the fight against inflammation. You know, those pain relievers, those topical rubs, they help with temporary pain relief, no question about that, but they don't deal with what's causing the pain, and that's the inflammation, and if you don't defeat that, it can cause permanent damage, and that's why you want a product like Omega XL, which is backed by 35 years of clinical research. I use this against the inflammation that I fight, particularly as I get older and I got a little left hip flexor issue as well. Omega XL is what you need to take on the inflammation. And if you want to see uh, the same results maybe that I have, you want to test that out, they'll offer you this. Buy one, get one free right now. Buy one bottle, get a second one for free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Again, that's OmegaXL.com dot com slash steve or give them a call uh toll free at 800-844-4888 that's 800-844-4888 all right let's get to the montage first of all on neanderthals they actually knew the difference between male and female so there's 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 that um i know i know I know that scriptures tell us not to rejoice at your enemy's folly, right? What about if it's your neighbors? Is that okay then? What if it's your neighbors and you actually like them? So they're not your enemy. I'm I'm, I'm really trying to pull a, a hermeneutical rabbit out of the hat here. So stick with me, America. What if it's your neighbors though? And you, and you otherwise like them. You just think they made a completely foolish decision and you're enjoying the fact that, you know, um, they're reaping what they sow. That's this, another Bible verse, right? Th- this seems like a natural law argument to me that I can, yes. I can embrace. Because I have to tell you, I mean, I, listen, I knew, I knew I was getting screwed the next four years anyway. I knew I was getting the Chinese anal swab from Joe Biden, Chinese agent, the next four years anyway. 
So I've already I've already banked that and baked that into the cake. I've already counted that in my career potential advancement the next four years. I've already told the daughters, hey, I mean, don't get married the next four years. I, I mean, listen, I already knew going in when we lost that one back in when was it uh, January, but the election was in November. <laughs> All right. I already knew. I already knew I was getting Chinese anal swapped. I knew. All right. So I have to t- I must confess and maybe I'll just confess to you. You're the closest Catholic I know. All right. Uh, I, I have to confess. Watching all of the soft. I'm, um, I'm sorry. Um, um, uh, uh, disappointed. How's that? Watching all of these soft headed. I did it again. I'm sorry. Uh, suburban voters. Our neighbors. Watch my. It's so bad. My oldest daughter last night tweeted me an Instagram graphic of how these uh, Biden voters are already disappointed. Okay. (laughs) Watching our soft headed neighbors. And I mean, listen, otherwise I really enjoy, you know, the neighborhood we live in. You guys just face planted on this one. Um, Watching them get just screwed. By the Democrats. To quote the great prophet Matt Damon, how you like them apples? So, if you want to know why blue collar workers and rural America abandoned the Democratic Party, it's because the the offer the, the the offer used to be sign up for all of our cultural rot gut and you'll get a payoff. Right, we'll protect your union job, uh, raise the minimum wage, do things like prevailing wages, so you don't have to compete with being underbid by non-union shops, things of that nature. Right? Yeah. All right. And in the end, you know, I mean, Mama needs a new pair of shoes, and the kids got to eat, so sign up for the cultural rot gut in order to, you know, put food on the table. I mean, we've been making deals like this as a species since at least Esau. That's early on in Genesis. All right. Give me a fill my pot with stew today. Forget my birthright tomorrow. That's not unique in the human species, right? Right. I mean, that's that's how we roll. Okay. I mean, we roll like this on the right. Huh? Who cares about the next generation and surrendering every cultural institution? If we don't win the next election, the world is over. Right? That that's kind of what we do here, right? So I mean this this is everywhere. Everybody on every side is really only concerned. They're, everybody on every side is is really Scarlett O'Hara. Tomorrow is another day. Really, that's that's how we roll. That's all we care. The about. grift is not entirely new. Sure. Is what that, you're that's saying. just that's the human species in particular. But eventually, now it took about twenty five years. Eventually, blue collar America. You know, as they watched all their auto jobs get shipped down down to Mexico through Bill Clinton's NAFTA and all these other deals. And then the environmentalists came for their coal mines, right? Okay. Um, and eventually they were like, you know, huh, damn. This deal's gotten worse over time. All right. it's right. We've gone from sign up for the cultural rot get, we'll protect your jobs, you'll get a payoff in the end, to the Democrats now just are telling us, how you like the rot get? See you in November. Oh, and if you don't vote for us, you're racist, right? That became the offer. So eventually, y'all in blue-collar America lost enough of your jobs. And all of y'all in rural America got abandoned enough that you started listening to people like Steve Dace on the right, warning you about this, and ended up voting for Donald Trump after a lot of you previously voted for Barack Obama. Suburban voters that, that have traditionally been GOP 
and Trump has hemorrhaged uh, in, in the, over the course of his career. We saw it in the midterms. We saw it in the last election. Um, just thought they were going to get the same bargain. Y'all didn't even get 25 years of lies. Y'all didn't even get a t-shirt. I mean, if you did get a t-shirt, the Democrats sent you one of those shirts that says, I shaved my non-gendered specific uh, genitals for this. I mean, that's what y'all got. It's March 4th. The dude's been president for six weeks and he forgot it three weeks ago. And, oh, by the way, like none of you are getting a COVID check. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. Oh, but I'm, I'm going to, I am, I'm going to laugh. I've been laughing. Okay. I mean, you're, you're going to get nothing. Oh, you'll get something. Um, your, your daughter won't get on the track team this year because a dude's going to take her spot instead and break all of your, your other daughter's state records that she left behind. So you'll get that, right? That's cool. That's okay. Right? That train's a coming. Yeah, I mean, hey, hey choo, and, choo. in more ways than one, they're running a train, someone might say, on your way of life. And you voted for it. <laughs> but it's okay. Because Twitter, which you never visited anyway, because less than 20% of Americans have a Twitter, Twitter account. Twitter is safe again from his meanness. It's all good. It's all good. Enjoy your rot gut. You voted for it. You consented to it. You earned it. Now, kneel before Zod. You have received suburban America. You have received your reward in full. You were even promised a $2,000 COVID check. Now, I, I kind of need to, a little bit more to get paid off if it's just me. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to selling out. Just no one's made me the offer yet that it would take to do so. Okay. Um, but I, 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 it's going to need to be more than $2,000 for me. Y'all aren't even going to get that. Then it was going to be 1400 bucks, And now a lot of y'all aren't even getting that. Essentially, what you voted for is to be anally swabbed by the Democratic Party. You just fell. Oh, I know. I know those rubes, those blue-collar rubes, and those rural American rubes who sat there and loved every second of Trump's mean tweets and cheered him on in his rallies while you sat there with your Kerrig machines in the suburbs, can-evening as you couldn't. It wasn't safe to watch your favorite, favorite cable news shows anymore. Oh, I know. I know. I know. And you were, you, you were afraid to put your GOP signs in your yard because then you'd have to defend that and it would be an uncomfortable conversation with that really nice lesbian couple down the street that you otherwise get along with that are elders in your church. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. He just needed to go away. I know he did. I know. I know. And you're just so much smarter. Dude. Those blue-collar workers in rural America, they at least got 20-plus years of grift from the Democrats before they finally uh, pulled the plug. You all didn't get 20 minutes 
you didn't get 20 minutes. Dude, you, you showed up to their room to put out, and then they took one look at you and said, ah, I'm tired. Close the door in your face. You were willing to whore. And they were even like, you played yourself. I just wanted to see if you'd come to the door. Pour one out. Y'all in the suburbs got played. And you got played by yourselves. So I ask again. I like them apples. So saith the Psalms. Yes. And if that's not one, it's because God is, thankfully, much more merciful than I am. God is still speaking, Steve. (laughs) At some of their suburban churches, indeed, they have not put a period where God has placed a comma. Indeed. Indeed. Have we, you know what? I got to ask, forgive us, those of you in the audience, uh, just a little internal dialogue here. Have Have I took this too far? Is it time to move on? No. Well, no. Today. Okay. Today. All right. Okay. The sun will rise. Yes. Tomorrow is another day. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. By the way, I believe Scarlett says that for the final time while Tara's on fire. Now, I have to address. I've got to address the ridiculous bill the Democrats passed in the House yesterday on voter integrity. This has no shot of passing. And they know this. That's why they passed it. This was simply, remember I've told you before, how one of the main areas in which politics has changed in the last decade or so is that when when cable news and, and viral media and then social media began to emerge as a force, those entities were looking for things happening in politics to monetize as content for them. It's the opposite now. The tail wags the dog now. Policy is now done and crafted specifically to provide those platforms content. See what I'm saying? It's the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Meaning that we're no longer like going to drudge. Well, actually, like none of us are anymore anyway, but we're not like going to a site, figuring out if you do what I do for a living, the way it used to work was you went, yeah, if you were, well, if you were Rush, you had a Lexus Nexus or a Nexus search you did. The rest of us had to go to like Drudge Report and places like that that were aggregators and figure out what stories were we going to talk about on our shows. Nowadays, policy and politics are specifically crafted to provide us content for the shows. And that's what this legislation is. This is to provide content for MSNBC to be able to say um, that that we didn't steal the last election. We're going to actually codify, though, all of our theft into law that we didn't steal. And then the the Republicans are racist because they, they don't want this. All right. And this will go to the Senate. It will die. And then this will allow Mitch McConnell or somebody like him to go on Fox News. We stood for voter integrity and we uh, we we voted that down root and branch. Of course, that's after they anally swabbed us in the last election doing all of these things. But we rooted it out. Root and branch. Yes, indeed. Gobble, gobble. Yes. This is the anal swab bill. Pretty much. That's what it is. Okay. Um, if you're wondering why we're on that kick, is because the Shycoms just announced you can't enter their country without an anal swab. I love how you get to that. 
23 minutes into this after saying it 105 <laughs> times. Oh, by the way, this is why I have this fetish Clarific- today. Yeah, it's clarification. If you want to know where this came from. <laughs> Meanwhile. It came from a very dark half, place. Half our listeners are right. in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this, this this is never, ever, ever, ever passing in the Senate, okay? It's never happening. But it wasn't meant to. It's, again, it's, it's what you said. It, it, it's, it, it's crafted for the show. But here's where it is. It is, um, uh, it's a teachable moment for us. Remember OJ's book, If I Did It? Right? Remember that? Sure. Where he like laid out how, you know, someone might have killed Nicole and Ron Goldman that night. Someone like him, for example. Right? Okay. Roughly um, my shape and size. Yes, that's that's what this is. And what it, what they're codifying into law in the in the Democratic House is is how we we have defined voter fraud on this show. Treason never prospers. What's the reason? Because whenever treason prospers, none will dare call it treason. I have no idea. I don't know a damn thing about Dominion machines. I don't know anything. And they're suing everybody in sight. And now they're suing Mike Lindell, who actually has the money to go hire himself some actual attorney. So maybe in that discovery process, we'll get some answers and we'll finally get the missing link of the Dominion company corporate flow chart. I, I don't know. But I don't need any of that to know. That uh, Dominion's irrelevant. They could have pulled this off without a company like that. Why? Because... Um, we gave them the holy, well, the unholy grail of what they've always wanted, mail-in voting. Why does that change everything? Because, as I use this analogy after the election, it's like a football game where one team gets to decide who the referees are, who gets to sit in the stands, and when those people get to boo and to cheer, who, and, then, and then who the replay officials are that determine if, the, if what the referees have ruled on the field is correct or not. And just right on down the line. Other than that, democracy swells, Steve. Yes, you're you're probably not going to lose a lot of games when that's the case. And that's where they're at now. With mail-in voting, they can ballot harvest and conjure votes. And if you say, hey, wait, we've got laws in Pennsylvania that say if we didn't observe a vote, it doesn't count. Well, we changed those laws. Court just ruled. Thank you. You're out. Poor went out. Sorry to hear that. What are you going to do about it? Well, I mean, in Wisconsin, we can't have these these drop-off boxes. They were never passed by law. It doesn't matter. This judge says you can, so screw you. How you like them apples? That's what they get to do. It takes the process out of your hands. One-on-one, you walk in, identify yourself, one man, one vote, and walk out. It takes that process away. It disenfranchises you and puts all the power into a system that they control. Every judge, every media outlet, every social media platform, they control it all. And what this bill does, yes, last night, is say, yes, we did it. They they even did, they skipped OJ. They skipped the OJ. They're not even passive aggressive about it. Lord Nefarious just dunked the ball in your face. In your face. Posterized you. And that bill should really be called, yeah, we did it. And we're going to codify it in a law, right in your face. A system where we decide what, what fraud is, what a vote is, who gets to vote, how often they get to vote, when the vote actually takes place, and then when it does not. And we can make all those decisions before, during, oh, and after. 
And then it's not voter fraud if by calling it that you're all just banned off the face. You're all just memory hold and thrown off the face of of broadcast platforms. Then it's not me- it, voter fraud. Who sees it? You know who also is never guilty of voter fraud? The Politburo in the Soviet Union. You know who is also never guilty of voter fraud? Hugo Chavez. You know who is also never gu- guilty of voter, voter fraud? The UNS in North Korea. The Shycoms. Never guilty of voter fraud. Because they run the whole system. And that's what the Democrats said last night. Ultimately, they just did in the last election. And if they did have the votes, they would do. They just don't. They're not suspending the filibuster. Can't get Joe Manchin and America's greatest bisexual senator ever, who is also right now one of America's best senators, actually, in Kirsten Cinema. They can't get him to go along with it, so this won't pass. But now you know what they did, what they did in the last election. And it didn't require, it would, they could have pulled that off without anything called a Dominion or a Chinese hack or anything else because they make up the rules as it goes along. And there's really just one golden rule. We win, you lose. That's it. That's the only rule. Whoever has the gold gets to make the rules. And they got all the gold. Where to gold at? They were asking that down in Alabama a few years ago, looking for a leprechaun in a tree. Democrats got it all. They got the gold. They got the gold. Where the gold at? They got it. They got the gold. All of it. And there will be no one to oppose them. They were. They just did that to rub it in your face. That's all. I mean, it's like your husband sending you a text of a video of him cheating on you just because he could. After previously telling you they didn't, then decided, you know what, whatever. Screw you. That's exactly what they did. You're not even worth lying to now anymore. You're just that far beneath them. And we are back on the Steve Day Show here on Blaze TV radio and podcast for the very first time. As a guest, let's welcome in conservative comedian commentator Tim Young. It is good to have you with us, Tim. How are you, brother? Good to be here. I I was just watching you literally on the TV behind us. I had to turn it off because I would stare at myself and my beautiful face the entire time. It's it's hard enough with just you on screen, but now I just... I had to turn it off. Well, the good news is when you go side by side next to me, it does look like you have a beautiful face. So that's a plus. So Uh, You bring me up now. So, Tim, tell us, you've never been on our show before. Tell our audience. I'm sure a lot of them are familiar with your work, but just give them a little 411. Who's Tim Young? Uh, I'm a mouthy guy. Actually, I go by Tim Runs His Mouth on just about every social media platform you can think of. A stand-up comic who uh, happened to get really involved in politics. It's been very odd. So I've advised members of Congress, uh, uh, different uh, departments, uh, Justice Department at one point, a bunch of really odd jobs for a comedian because I've been in marketing as well. So i kind of been around and been doing politics and writing columns for about 20 years now. It's kind of scary how old I am. How does one become a conservative comedian how does that happen how do you how do you apply is that like a monster.com ad you got a career builder i mean we're looking for conservative comedians how does one become one of those uh you go on linkedin and you uh you apply everywhere you can now uh you know i, I don't know you know i i had conservative values and i was raised that way and i kept them with me while i was doing comedy and i i started with general comedy but then i realized i hated politics so much that it, it kind of started to blend into my act and then totally it became my entire act and 
Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. You guys are lucky lucky to have Crowder on your network, and there are very few of us out there. I'm, I'm shocked at how few of us there are with all of the insanity that the left gives us to work with. Why are there so few? Is it because there's not a market for it, or because it's just not kosher with the lords of comedy? That's it's not kosher with the lords of comedy. We're not getting jobs in Hollywood. That's and if they find you out, they throw you out. That's the whole point of this cancel culture game nowadays. So, you know, we we are uh, nipped in the bud uh, before we even get into a Hollywood or a New York. And uh, a lot of comedy clubs used to not book us. But it really looks like things the tide is the tide is shifting as they know that conservatives are the ones that will show up now and spend money in comedy clubs. Uh, So do you find as a comedian that. It's getting harder to do your job, if only because reality itself is so absurd. I mean, for example, during the break, we, you know, the NBA, the, the chief virtue signaling sports league in America, right? I mean, uh, the, 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 the Chinese Basketball Association. And they've got all of these, you know, statements on their jerseys, these high virtue signals about equality and, and racism and white supremacy and all this stuff. Yesterday... One of their teams put out a hand sanitizer fan cam that if you watch the video of how this sanitizer works, it, it literally, as, as sportscaster Clay Travis described it, 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 it literally looks like money shots in porn films, okay? And, <laughs> and, 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 and as Aaron you know, said during the break, our producer, how many layers of bureaucracy did that have to get through? before they put that up on the screen in an arena, right? You would have, you'd, you'd figure more than one person had to sign off on that. Well, when you live in an era where at the same time you're asking us to take you seriously, but then you pull stunts like this with no self-awareness whatsoever, I would, I would imagine comedy's getting harder because it's just the headlines now. You don't, you're not, you don't have to stretch the bounds of credulity at all anymore, do you? No, not at all. And that's kind of kind of the fun thing I do. A lot of times when I go on the road, I have video screens behind me and it's like a live daily show. So I can just show a clip and stand there and, and you get the reaction from the crowd because of how absolutely absurd things are. And this has been happening all through the Trump era as well. The last four years under Trump, the media was so ridiculous to begin with that you could literally just show, you know, Jim Acosta reacting to something or some mm-hmm. stupid question that they would ask the president. Like you would you would never believe that would happen. And then it, it just happened. And now it's you're right. It's so absurd. I haven't seen this uh, hand sanitizer cam yet, but I imagine it's they shoot things at you and you do this with your hands. Is that the it's like, thank you, sir. Please have it's a little more graphic than that. Um, uh, Actually, it's a little more graphic than that. Um, Along those same lines. I mean, I could imagine as a conservative comedian, you can come up with all sorts of Eddie Murphy references to we're going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe uh, from China on COVID and everything else. And And it's just but the problem is, is it funny when they announced yesterday they have a literal policy that if you visit the country now, you will indeed take the banana up the tailpipe. You will be anally swabbed. You cannot enter the country without being anally swabbed. I mean, how do you, as a comedian, make stuff up? Do you just sit on the stage now and just read stories from the blaze to people unedited? Well, I, like I bet a lot more progressives will go visit China now. It's very, it's like they get a bonus oh, for going up. Oh, gosh. Oh. Anyway, my, my sexual life's kind of been in the, the crapper, so I'll go over to China. You know, slow couple of months. That's a long way to go for a reach around, but hey, I mean, to each his own, I suppose. Um, <laughs> what your state? You just moved to Texas, right? I, well, I've been a resident, but I, I got my uh, I got my office out of D.C. So I was okay. I was doing a lot of work in Capitol Hill. I'm sick of it. All right. So Greg Abbott a couple days ago finally remembered he's governor of Texas and not Vermont, right? 
And 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 it's it's just peak Greg Abbott, by the way, to use Texas Independence Day to be the day to announce you guys y'all are going back to some form of normal, and then say, but not for a week. All right. I mean, that's just peak Greg Abbott, but it is what it is. Anthony Fauci losing his mind over this uh, this morning. Um, to me, I, I just I like to translate politicians' statements, like the old Kevin Nealon subliminal man on SNL when I was a kid, when he used to translate what people actually were saying. What what I hear Anthony Fauci saying is, "Oh bleep." Next, now we're gonna, now it's not just going to be Florida, but another we're, we're going to have another large state control group to prove what a complete and total malevolent BSer I have been this entire time. Well, yeah, listen, uh, Anthony Fauci is a bureaucrat before he's a scientist or a doctor, right? He's got to keep his job. And, and the fact that he gets paid more than a president is, is remarkable. Uh, I'd, I'd ask if Joe Biden knew that, but Joe Biden probably doesn't even know who Anthony Fauci is. But this guy, I mean, he knows his time is coming to an end. I'm surprised that Trump didn't fire him on his way out the door. I don't know why, uh, if Trump thought that was saving face or something, he should have been gone uh, months ago. But now he's going to say everything. And that's why he's so upset. I mean, this guy, if you take him for his word, he's literally said every option you could possibly yes. have for COVID advice. He's the most right and wrong healthcare professional policymaker on planet Earth. Because as we have documented on this show for going on, it's we're approaching the one-year anniversary of 15 days to flatten the curve. Um, he has literally taken every conceivable position on this. Um, yeah, and, whatever and, you want him to say, he basically says. Yeah. And, and while we're on the subject, if you guys are a Texas resident and you're excited about what Abbott did the other day, Abbott put you in that position. He's not to be celebrated for what's going on here. He started it and he ended his own bad policy there. It's similar to the Mississippi governor, who Tate Reeves, who came out against Joe Biden for calling him as state a Neanderthal for ending their mandates, and he 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 got all these uh, you know all this Twitter applause from our, our fellow conservatives on Twitter uh, for saying, "Well, I just really believe people have the right to make their own decisions, and they're educated enough to make them." Well, you've apparently Tate only believed that for the last forty eight hours. Because 48 hours ago, Tate Reeves, the Mississippi governor, apparently did not believe that, right? Okay. Um, so you you wrote recently for Fox News about uh, Joe Biden and what's going on with him. Tell us about that. Uh, which one is this? Because there's so many that are going on, Steve. I don't know. It's my the own lack of a press there. conference. In, oh, yeah. There what we is go. It 40, it's today's day 44, right? He has not had a press conference in 44 days. Well, that's uh, now if, if you're a, if you're a liberal talking about Trump or a Republican, that's dereliction of duty. And clearly he's committed crimes that he's hiding from and he's nefarious or he's too sick to speak, which is I think is the truth. But uh, all of these claims that would have been going wild. I mean, remember when Melania Trump didn't make a public appearance for 30 days because of a or 28 days because of a surgery. They said she was missing and left him and clearly was upset with Donald Trump's policies. That's how nutty they went just for a first lady. So here's your uh, president of the United States not doing a press conference, not wanting to answer questions because he can't. Uh, and, and they're running cover for him. Nobody, You don't hear anything about this other than on Fox News, other than the blaze and conservative media. What's the innocent explanation for why they don't seem to care? They they know he's bad. It's it's actually they're 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 running cover for the guy. Yeah, see, I don't I agree with you. I don't I don't think there's an there's an innocent explanation. I, I assume you saw the video. Aaron had it in the montage to open the show where uh, he was doing a Zoom call yesterday, uh, and 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 made a statement and then said, "I'll now take questions," and the White House literally went fade to black. After he said that, you've you've seen that video, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, also uh, his gaffes. The last week he made a gaffe where he said a, a very, very bad word by his, his little slip up. And I can only imagine 
what would have happened if Trump would have slipped and said the same word? It would have been the end. There would be marches on Washington. They'd actually need those fences around the Capitol. I think there's there's I've tried to make a point to the audience in, in the last few months that because a lot of them are on Twitter like you and I are. All right. About 80 percent of Twitter. Uh, yes. About 80 percent of Twitter accounts are from outside the U.S. So Twitter is not as other than it's where a lot of the, the people that make the policies that they live by hang out for the average American. Twitter's not a thing, really. OK, I mean, it's just not. But if you if you understand the way that Twitter works, I think what, would, what our, a lot of our audiences don't understand is the stuff that people like you and I say that the media does not report, that the media ignores. And then we point out specifically what it is they're not reporting and ignoring. They're all on there. They all see what we're saying. If, if you think I'm wrong, you know what you uh, you say some you drop some kind of uh, 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 you know term that would get you canceled this in this day and age. And suddenly, all kinds of, of of legacy media who pretend right now not to know what a Tim Young is, they will remember. They'll know who you are in five minutes. They're going to make you famous, right? Okay. It, they know. They they know. It's the old again to quote Eddie Murphy again. I know that you know, and you know that I know. I mean, they they know, and we know that th- that they're not covering these things. That they memory hold these things. That they have a narrative agenda. They they see us pointing this out right in their faces. And to quote one of my all time favorite movies, Office Space. It's not that they're lazy, Bob. It's that they just don't care. They don't care. I uh, speaking about them watching and pretending that we don't exist until something screws up. I messed up like a fact or something about Washington, D.C. about a year and a half ago. And suddenly five NPR reporters who I've never heard of before, who do Mm -hmm. not follow me, were the first people responding to the tweet. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm on list. I must be on lists. And in, in, and you are, too. I'm sure you've seen this as well. We're, mm-hmm. we're all on list in these office and they're just waiting for something to happen to make it a story and get rid of us. So how does someone like you, how do you survive in that kind of environment where they're, they're looking to pounce at any particular time? No one is perfect. Right. We, we, and we understand if we're getting into this business of any form of conservative commentary, we understand that we have to do a level of diligence that the opposition doesn't. That's the cost of doing business. We could we could find other more boring ways to make a living. So we're not victims. We we signed up for this. We know this. OK, but there there is. Hey, I know I've got to work harder than my opposition. That's one thing that knowing going in, I, I got to basically be perfect. I can't make any mistakes at all. That's entirely another tip. Oh, it's 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 a whole nother level. And and you have to work harder. Your, your brain has to function higher. You have to play protect by their own rules that are constantly shifting. You, know, you can't say certain things like I say a lot more nasty things on stage than I could ever say on Twitter. Uh, and it's it's just playing by their game. And, and you have to outsmart them while playing by those rules, which is very difficult to do. Um, and, and clearly much more difficult than they do. I mean, gosh, if, if we get a story wrong, if, if Steve, you get something wrong that you talk about on your show, it'll be headline news from the left. But mm-hmm. if they get something wrong, I don't know, Russian collusion. Nobody pays attention to it. Final thing I want to ask you about. I, I've told um, politicians I've covered uh, on our side or worked for in the past that a lesson we needed to learn from the left is that if it's funny, you have permission to be extra vicious. That things you may say that would just be, you know, in the arena of ideas back and forth in order to deconstruct your opponent uh, that may make people wince. If, if you can say, Jane, you ignorant slut, and make people laugh while you're saying it, there is permission there to degrade your opponent, 
that you don't have in just a straight up argument. Can you speak to that as a conservative comedian? I mean, I, I'd love to say that on uh, on stage. I'd love to say it in person. The moment I say it on Twitter, I'm banned forever. That's just how that works now. They are they are limiting the ability to even be funny. And uh, there's something coming out. Judicial Watch is working on a project right now. I, I saw I, some stuff leaked to me. We'll just put it that way, uh, where it, it looks like they are labeling misinformation. Uh, they, they were trying to figure out in California if election misinformation was satire or misinformation. And they just kind of blanket labeled it misinformation and rolled with it. It's insane what the left is doing to try to silence the right in any kind of criticism whatsoever. You've seen what see how CNN has behaved with the Babylon Bee for example. And that's when you know you're over the target. Tim, it's been a pleasure having you on the show for the first time. We're definitely going to do it again. All right, take care. Thanks for having me. You bet. Oh, hey, um, you may feel like a lot of days, man, when this is over, a long day at work and then looking at how crazy this world is, I could use a glass of wine. What? Did you know that there's a place you can go to get world-class wine from a company that shares the same values we do. PatriotWine2021.com. That's the website you want to go to. PatriotWine2021.com. Wine from Argentina. Uh, really dark red wine grown at 9,000 feet. Uh, it comes up uh, with 90% less sugar, fewer chemicals, fewer additives. Uh, great with steak, barbecue, uh, anything that helps you make your red meat even tastier and healthier. Uh, and... You get 50% off of shipping right now. This is great wine. All three of us have drank it. All three of us have had it. It's absolutely phenomenal. You'll taste some blackberry in there, leather, cherry, smoke. 50% um, off of shipping Shipping right now when you go to PatriotWine2021.com. World-class wine shipped to you for 50% off at PatriotWine2021.com. Thoughts on the conversation we just had with Tim Young? You know, comedians like him, there should be a permanent bit where they just do 10 minutes of reading headlines, a paper. Yeah. I mean, or, or come out and, and just do actual stories and then say to the audience, by the way, this is all real news. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I didn't embellish any of this. I didn't make any of this up. This is not think, my material. It's the news. I think as long as you understand that you, you, you as a comedian, that the, feet, the terrain is as ripe as ever. You just need to be able to harvest it in a new fashion than before. Yeah, the, the further down the rabbit hole that we go, I, I keep thinking to myself, satire like the Babylon Bee. It's getting harder and harder for them. But we just keep finding out, though, don't we, uh, that the rabbit hole does just keep going further and further. So there's always going to be content. Uh, there's always going to be what's uh, what's the term that Rush used all of the time, uh, illustrating the absurd by being absurd. Yeah, um, that's that's always going to happen. You don't think that it can get any more absurd than it already is, but it does. We keep illustrating that literally, literally every single day. I mean, if, if just a year or two ago, if we went back and showed ourselves when we were saying back then, this is nuts. It can't get any nuttier than this. It Crazy has. voices. It has. All right. Theology Thursday coming your way in hour two here on Blaze TV radio and podcast right after this. And greetings back with hour two live and on demand on Blaze TV 
radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email the program steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And then there are the alternatives where free speech is still celebrated. You can look for us. Look for Steve Dace on Gab, MeWe, and follow at Steve Dace on Parlor, which is the official. And we share as much of our COVID stuff everywhere else as we can. But the one place we know uh, and where we have the second largest following is on our Parlor account. So we are guaranteed to share all of our COVID stuff there that you do not want to miss. Follow at Steve Dace on Parlor. If you're looking for clips of the show uh, that you can watch for free and then hopefully share with others to help us get the word out, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. If you're a podcast listener, thank you very much uh, for enjoying the podcast. Please uh, share your enjoyment with the world uh, by leaving us a five-star review, uh, giving us uh, or hitting that subscription button. If you haven't done either one of those or one of those things yet, please do them both and repeatedly if that's allowed. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. Helps the show to grow and pleases the mucky mucks uh, over here at The Blaze as well. They like to see that you like it, which gives us the chance to continue to give you what you like. Theology Thursday coming your way here in a moment. Brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Just had Built Bar time during the last break. The phenomenal dark chocolate chocolate chip cookie dough. It's just incredible, man. I mean, it's This is the best protein bar you've ever had and the most nutritional candy bar you've ever had. Yeah, I know it's a protein bar, but it's it's better than a lot of the candy bars that are out there. That flavor is phenomenal, but there's there's well over 20, all covered in real chocolate. You won't believe it, but it's true. 160 calories or less, three to five net grams of carbs, up to 20 grams of protein in every bar. The hard part will be it's easy on the tummy as well. And a lot of protein bars that may also taste good, not as good as this one, they're not uh, as easy on the tummy. But this one is, which means you're going to be awfully tempted to not pace yourself. But you need to. All right. You need to. Trust me. Everything in moderation. Uh, If you want to give it a shot or you want to give it another one. Uh, because you tried it before and you want to do it again, whether it's your first order or the next one, go to builtbar.com, B-U-I-L-T for builtbar.com. Use my last name, Dace, as the promo code D-E-A-C-E when you go to builtbar.com, promo code Dace. Got an email from a guy yesterday who told me, I was dubious. I gave it a shot. You're right. They're great. But there's another thing too. My family loves these, even though I'm the only one that eats them. Because I was eating a bunch of Atkins bars and they gave me really bad gas. And now they don't have to put up with that anymore. So there you go. Built Bar Miracles. Yes, an added extra benefit. They apparently uh, saved one family from uh, the old man's putrid gas. You don't have to worry about that any longer. So that didn't make the script, but I just decided to throw that in for Built Bar because that's how much I enjoy them. All right. BuiltBar.com, promo code day. So let's get to it. Theology Thursday. We have been going through my new book, A Nefarious Carol. It's the novella sequel to the 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, which we just spent a good deal of time going through again. And now in the sequel, now that Lord Nefarious has successfully taken America down, his boss, the enemy himself satan yes dana carvey satan satan comes out from behind the shadows to make america the launching pad for the final stage of his master plan but for that to occur uh he needs a mate 
And so he comes to a young woman named Ray uh, one night in a motel room on her own, escaping an abusive drug dealing boyfriend at Christmas time, estranged from a dysfunctional, hypocritical Christian family, and thinks that he has her cornered into getting her to agree. And he cannot lie to her. She must agree of her own free will to become his disciple, to give birth to his son. In order to woo her, he is emulating her favorite story as a child, Dickens' A Christmas Carol, which of course is about the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future coming to redeem Ebenezer Scrooge. Well, the devil is coming to darkly redeem Ray by taking her through her past, last week her present, and now this week her future. Well, you start off with a uh, new turn at the beginning of this chapter, the devil immediately says, Ray, touch me. In the past, he's been touching her. In order to take her into, yeah, her life. Correct. Well, and you don't know exactly what's going on because then several pages, you carry out a kind of Ray's internal dialogue. She's, do I or don't I? Obviously, that tension is building up. That's where we're getting, do I say mm-hmm. yes or don't I? Uh, now, here's why that's important. Because Ray is a woman and she understands that this isn't the consummation moment of this relationship, but it but it's the moment that highly increases the odds. You actually that, that describe will, it that way. It's yes. the moment before the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it will highly increase the odds that there will be a consummation moment, right? Okay. Exactly. He's asked her in, he's asked her up to his room. Doesn't mean guarantee anything's going to happen, but the odds that something will, you're at least open to it, otherwise you're not going, right? Right. And that's the mental math that she's doing in her head is she recognizes now that if 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 she returns this act of affection of, of rudimentary, you know, uh, surface level affection. If she returns this act of intimacy, then this may take her down a road that she later on won't be able to, to right. jump off. And that's what she's contemplating. Yeah. And in the spiritual alchemy that you've kind of laid out here, the act of, she doesn't know it, but the act of her touching him allows him for the first time to hear all of her internal dialogue yes but there's a trade-off there because for the first time also and he needed that information he needed to know now how close am i Mm -hmm. and then with that information and she's kind of uh a little frustrated betrayed wait a second you can i'm going to give you back something in return now you can feel my Mm -hmm. emotions by all of this now you'd think this does this make him Voldemort, in the past, she was playful with him or would hear a turn of phrase or a tone of voice or something. maybe even. Yes. Yes. But she never had full access to his emotional state. He's Mm -hmm. giving that to her, but obviously he's not giving something to her unless he feels he can use that to his advantage. But here's... What she finds out about him. You've what have you said on the show? I want I want every about important to understand people's. It, we talk about politics, but people's motivations. You, you've expressed it several times on the show over the years, and knowing why people do what they do, why it's important to understand that. Why is it important? Because you need to understand who's an opponent and who's an enemy. You need to understand who's a wolf and who's a sheep. You need to understand who doesn't know and who doesn't want to know. And then when you, if, if you're talking about this in the context of three-dimensional thinking, it helps to create empathy where, where you now know where is. the other side is. You, you've taken, you're, this isn't, you're not trying to win an argument. You're trying to connect with a person. 
and to, and and a, the, and a connection requires empathy. So remember that. Remember that the devil wants Ray to know his motivations when she gets inside. And this is what she sees. All I see is darkness, she thought. But I can feel his, its anger, bitterness, disappointment, sense of betrayal, and something else. I can't quite put my finger on it. A sense that he alone knows what is wrong and what can be done about it. I'm not sure the word for it. And then he steps in. Vindication, my dear. That... We almost don't have to talk about mm-hmm. anything I just else. Gave you, I just gave you a psychological analysis of the devil. But he he wants he wants her to know this. Mm-hmm. And it and is the and it is, is the tr- you said he'll never lie to her. But yeah. this is a full on can't hide. Yes. I can't explain this, this away. This is his truth. Yes, is what this is. Why? T- I'm, just go. What is this all about? Because. Remember, we talked about this pivot that during their courtship or whatever you want to call it, wooing phase, he made a transition where he began to realize, you know, um, she could be more than a notch on a bedpost here. She could be more than a birthing unit. She could be an Eve. She could be a helpmate. She could be a partner. She has... She has a level of guile and wisdom I was really not aware of. And she's quick on her feet and she's got some she's got some stones. She's got a set on her too. There's more he's he's intrigued by her. Now, he wants to let her in now. He wants her to know the 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 heart of his own heart of darkness. He he wants to share it now. Because this is a bastardization of of a marriage. That's what this is. I mean, what what do all of us ultimately, as men, what what we want from our wives more than anything else? All right, ladies, are you listening? I'm going to tell you. And yeah, I can speak for your husband. You bet I can. Never met him. I don't have to. You know why? Because all men are the same. From the moment... They can say mama, dada, or no, no, to when you put us in the ground, we are all the same. doesn't matter the belief system, doesn't matter the language, custom, uh, place of origin. All men are the same. We're all wired the same. Now, ladies can't speak for other ladies like this because women are all the same, but all different at the exact same time, right? That's the, that's the beauty of their mystery. But we men are all the same. We all operate according to the following template. What is the game? What are the rules? Who's keeping score? How do I win? That is how every man thinks in every single situation. That is that is the framework of the thought process of the male mind. And again, doesn't matter what religion, doesn't matter what politics, doesn't matter any doesn't none of it matters. If he's male, what's the game? What are the rules? Who's keeping score? How do I win? And so since that is how the male mind operates when it's operating in its right mind, I can tell you, ladies, what your husband that you have now or a prospective husband that you would like to have in the future, what he wants from you more than anything else. And you're going to be shocked to learn it really isn't sexual gratification or fulfillment. That's very important to men, but probably not for the reason you think. 
my wife will tell you as a counselor, men don't cheat. Rarely cheat because they're not getting it at home. Wife's no longer interested in sex. And that's especially true the further we get into the, of, of the amount of pornography and other outlets available for you to just give yourself gratification. But the number one reason a man cheats is he doesn't feel appreciated at home, doesn't feel respected. What, what your husband wants more than anything else from you <clears throat> is for you to truly know his motivations, his vision, his purpose, why he does things, and appreciate, admire, and respect them. Now, that doesn't mean he's owed that. Like, if your husband's a drug dealer, okay? Hi, my, my husband uh, bilks elderly people. Uh, he's not entitled. Let's, let's have some common sense here, okay? He is not entitled to the appreciation and admiration of his purposes and motivations. And I would hope for this audience, we're smart enough to recognize there's obviously a plumb line of right and wrong that we filter all of this through, correct? Of course. All right. With, With that disclaimer being said, provided your husband's not doing something evil, what he wants more from you than anything else is for you to truly understand his motivations, purpose, desires for significance, and admire and appreciate that. And and then number two, <clears throat> to respect him for that. And to, and to push him, prod him in those areas. Be proud of him when he achieves them. The act of sexual gratification with your mate for a lot of men is a husband. If he didn't want those things, if, if sex was just merely a, an act of gratification for him, he wouldn't have gotten married. Would it, could, there's just too many outlets to get it being single. Aaron, you were just single. Are there a lot of outlets just get that being single or released today? <laughs> do, I, do I need to even date a woman for that today? That's what a lot of people think. Yeah. I'm, so, so one thing you can find for sure, a guy, and chances are in this culture, is only getting married because he wants those things. Because sexual release by itself doesn't provide that need. Doesn't fill it. And then the fact that you then accept him and are the vehicle for his sexual gratification adds to that. Those things aren't separated for men when they're married. They go together. This is what he wants from her. He went into this thinking, what do I got to say to get this chick into bed, basically? But he also needs it yes. to close this deal yes. in terms yes. of the manipulation that we're yes. going to discuss here. But but he needs it in order to close the deal with her, but he needs it. He's finding out, yeah. I actually need this from her. Yes. Well, what what we do from this point on is why in Catholic, <clears throat> excuse <throat> me, in Christian <throat> theology, there's an entire study of something called uh, theodicy. It's about mm. making sense of God's omnipotent goodness despite the fact that there's evil in the world and how to explain that tension because uh, after this the devil sets up the rest of this conversation by letting her in but she for a second there there's a level of pushback there when they're talking about the garden and races did did they even know about what temptation was before you showed up you know you, you you basically are the ones who manipulated 
this situation? Why are you going to blame the fall? Because his whole thing is like, mankind is not worthy right. of what the angels That's should the have. driving motivation Look for the this. devil. Correct. And he br- and God made a mistake with yes. humanity. That's his driving motivation. God made a mistake with humanity. He went out to prove it to him that, 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 the, that his firstborn, the angels, should have been given the choices and dominion <clears throat> that the humans were given. And, and that when he showed them, when he showed God his mistake and folly with humans and how easily they fell, that God did not appreciate him by essentially pointing this out to him, but banished him and his minions instead from paradise for doing so. That is, and, and that is, that's that's the driving force of the driving motivation of the devil. And yes. it was so important to him that he tells me, I broke God's law, his rules mm-hmm. for the first and only time. This I, I had to make him understand this. Mm-hmm. It, it was that important. Well, she ca- she kind of calls BS on it when she says, "Did you did they even know what temptation was? I mean, wouldn't this thing just be on autopilot until right. you threw the sabot yeah. in the machine?" And here's where this is the alpha omega of this whole uh, this whole chapter. The devil says, "Wait a second, I I know you think you got something there, but how did an all knowing God create something in His image that was so temptable?" He said, she, "He said, I see you." And I raise you. Mm-hmm. And and so the vulnerability that he allowed to appreciate, all of a sudden, Ray and him were simpatico. Because she, she could relate to that on so many levels in her own life. You call this the devil's retcon in, in the book. Mm-hmm. Because he says, I'm not the issue. Yeah. He, capital H-E. Yep. God is the issue. He, the, devil, the devil basically is saying, hey, I did not entrap these children no. into buying crack cocaine. Okay? I mean, I, I, they chose to buy this. Yeah, I offered it to them, but I didn't make them buy it. I didn't put a gun to these kids' head and say, hey, gra- no. buy my crack. They chose to do this. You're a bad parent. Why did you raise children that wanted to buy my crack cocaine? I didn't. Entra- she, she, she's accusing them of him, the devil of entrapping. Exactly. And he is saying, I didn't entrap them. You're a bad parent, God. You made children that wanted to buy what I was selling. You're the problem. Yes. I, I think it's remarkable that because, and this is why within the study of how many times is there a conversation? I, I wouldn't believe in a God who. Right. And that's and this is where theodicy yes. comes in and it's study because you do that is a challenge that must be answered. Yes. And the devil plays with it so much because he knows how easily it confuses. To me, this is the dark side version of what uh, a great scene in the very first Captain America movie when uh, and Steve Rogers is still scrawny Steve Rogers and they're on that jog and the uh, Tommy uh, uh, Tommy Lee. Uh, Jones yes makes them all have to get the flag at the top of the pole yep and they're, they're climbing and I think it's grease they can't get up it it's impossible and Steve Rogers after they're all exhausted they can try he looks at the bottom of the thing he pulls the pin the pole, pole right. falls to the ground and he grabs a flag now that's cl- clever but see, this is the devil mm-hmm. basically to her showing see See this whole scam? God's, look at what God has you doing. He says you're the greatest thing in the world. He knows you're not. And then he tells you to go climb this pole and he knows it's impossible. It's all a scam. Here, I'm going to pull the pin for you. And that's when all she's like, show me everything. Mm -hmm. He has her. This is the crucial moment 
in this whole agreed book. Yes. Right here. Yes. Um, because it's the first time that she has directly challenged his own, his narrative. She's been skeptical of it, but this is the first time she now directly challenges his narrative. And, and he comes back with a, with a whopper of a comeback. Right. But he, he, what you're seeing here is that the devil is the archetype for our own rejections of God. You're right that, um, theodicy is, is, a is, is it is it one of the greatest challenges we have as believers to answer questions like why is there suffering in the world and things of that, that nature yes. if we have a just God? The reason why I say though that because when these things have come up in the past, I've pointed out these this really isn't that hard. I didn't. It's not. It's 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 not hard. It's 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 actually the answer is very simple. It's just not easy because what the devil does here is he doesn't just exonerate himself. He exonerates humanity at the exact same right. time. See, when we challenge the goodness of God, we do the same thing. We do it, we do it by, by making ourselves to be bystanders. Hey, I want the freedom to make my own choices. I do that. It blows up in my face. God, why didn't you stop me from doing this? What kind of a God would allow my life to fall apart like this? Right? Right? Right. Okay. Who's, who's exempted from any responsibility in this equation whatsoever? We have exempted ourselves. Where does that come from? Adam says to God, well, I mean, it was this woman you made me. I wasn't doing anything, right? Okay. And, and this is our legacy. The devil does this exact same thing. He exempts himself from any accountability in this process whatsoever. And that is the archetype for then what we will do with these questions. Exempt our own actions, our own choices, the consequences for them. We exempt ourselves from all of that and put all of the blame yeah. on God. So we're victims together. We're victims this is, together. Again, this, yes. So this is victimology 101. And yes. then I want to return to it because remember, when he makes himself vulnerable and she can see, oh, I can feel anger, bitterness, disappointment, sense of betrayal, something else. And then he comes in vindication. We, we, we keep hitting on this theme, but this is victimology this is progressivism mm -hmm. he he get, i don't think that can be stressed enough and that should be chilling considering every day we wake up and we just had a comedian on to, mm -hmm. i know to talk about how silly this is but the level of victimology that now she and him are tied to one another that's why our nation looks as mad as it does and it yes. believes the things it everybody does. thinks they're deserving of some form of vindication yes yeah yeah, all God promises you no vindication. God promises his people victory, but vindication is of the ego. Victory, the belief that, hey, Jesus returns one day to separate the sheep from the goats, that all, all things work together for the glory of God and for those called according to his purposes, that what you meant for evil, God did for good. See, those, are, those, are, those statements of victory are articles of faith. That you are, you are, when you rest in the victory of God, you are trusting, ultimately, you're putting your faith in his sovereignty to work all things out uh, to a righteous end at some point in time, in this life or the next. When we seek vindication, however, we want our ego validated. We want, we want, the, 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 we want someone to pay for the grievances that were done to us. And what I have struggled with a lot in my own life 
is the difference between victory and vindication. I've struggled with it at times, even as a believer. So I'm, I'm, I'm writing this semi-autobiographical with this struggle. But then when I look across the landscape of the culture, there's a reason why we don't even, I don't even use the term progressivism that much and stuff on the show anymore. You just hear me call this all spirit of the age because this is where it comes from. This is all ego and super ego talking. You know, apparently the Cherokee Nation just decided after how many decades that Jeep calling one of their SUVs Cherokee was racist. So I want my vindication. We're all seeking. Where's my vindication? That's another way of saying validation. And ultimately, what is the deepest need the enemy has? Vindication. I was right. God was wrong. I could have ascended. I couldn't. I can ascend like the Most High. I can be like God. He made. He was. He made a mistake. The enemy wants. It was unfair. What happened to me, and the others? He wants vindication more than anything else. What does the current spirit of the age in our culture want more than anything else? This exact same vindication. That's why you won't defeat this with another political ideology. You won't defeat this with a robust, with even a robust political party. You're up against a rival religion. And the only thing that defeats a bad theology is a good one. In another way, and lastly, the way you connect the dots on that very thing here, cancel culture, constantly tattling, informing mm -hmm. on people. Here, you, de uh, you describe uh, the devil in these terms and how he thinks of himself, the world's first whistleblower. Yes. You know that's how yes. modern progressives think on that. They yes. don't think they're a snitch. Karen doesn't believe nope. that she's a douchebag. This is she thinks that she's the hero of the story, right. guys. She's the hero of the story. And that's the way that he thinks. Yes. That that he's not the villain at all. He thinks he's the long suffering one. He thinks he's the hero. And what he wants now, if K, if if Ray's going to be more than just a birthing unit, then if she's going to be his partner, he needs her to see that then. He needs her to respect, admire, and appreciate his driving purpose and passion and share that with him. That's what he wants from her now. Well, I think the, this chapter, because this is it, the, the future has been seen. Now, next week, we talk about the offer, the close, the close. This is, if you're having these conversations in your real life about theodicy, it's, you may not be at a precipice in terms of, meat and potatoes right there your life goes one way or the other off the cliff but you often are determining a trajectory for yourself and mm -hmm. how you handle those questions and if you're heading toward the cliff or if you're handing to the salvation it may be tomorrow it may be the next day you don't know but this is very often where the rubber meets the road on these kind of questions and that's why in terms of the future in this chapter that's the nature of the conversation that the devil has one of the things I am concerned about when I, I, I think you have to scout yourself and your team at least as much as you scout your opponents. When I self-scout our side, and there's a reason why I brought up my own struggle with this first, because I got my hand in the air. I, I, I struggle with this. Okay? I, 
frankly, you might have heard me struggling with it in the very first segment of the show, having some of these arguments with some of my suburban neighbors, friends, churchgoers, telling them you're making a, you're, you're making a Faustian bargain here, man, and that story never ends well. And then to see, hey, I'm vindicated. I was right, right? Yep. Okay. This is why, this is the num. I think this is one of the main things holding us back on on in what's left of America, is we don't we don't desire victory but vindication. Own the libs. Flip their phrases around on them. Give me a funny. Give me a headline. Something a talking point. Give me a talking point. I want to win that argument. Even a lot of the emails I get from people. Now I'm starting to get more about how do I do what we believe, but a lot of the emails I used to get were, hey, this person's saying this to me, what do I say back? And there's, dude, those exchanges are important. That's part of the process of obtaining victory. But if they're a means to, if, if they're a means to an end, one thing, but if they're the means of the end itself, it's meaningless, right? Right. The other side doesn't behave that way. They find their vindication in victory over us. We find vindication in just getting validated for why we think the way we think. And that's not going to be good enough. Uh, that's not going to be enough commitment and conviction up against the spirit of the age that we are up against. Great news to share about our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They have just expanded their coverage dramatically, which will make it easier for even more Americans to dump the big name carriers who charge you way too much anyway while donating your money to leftists. And you too can partner with Patriot Mobile because they never send a penny to your enemies and they will never silence you in their America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. You can make the switch with confidence because you're going to get the same network as the large providers, but they're going to charge you less. Switching is easy. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone. You can even buy a new one if you'd like. Build your own bundle right now with multi-line discounts. Save even more if you're a veteran, first responder. You save even more uh, on top of all the other savings too. Uh, just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve to make the switch. Uh, ask them about getting a, a, a free premiere activation where they set up the phone for you and a special gift when you go to patriotmobile.com slash steve or call them 877-367-7524 or 972-PATRIOT that's 972-PATRIOT uh if you're driving right now and you can't text or anything of that nature 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash steve i think there's one more thing in this chapter we have to address uh before we move on to three non-political questions. We need to address how the chapter ends. All right? What, when the enemy is showing Ray her future, if she, and this is the future she will have if she joins with him. All right? The final pitch he makes, what does he show her? Well, it's, uh, she feels like she's standing on top of the world. And she sees people moving freely throughout the earth. Heard a common language saw relationships of all kinds affirmed just as they were. She tasted clean water and smelled clean air, the likes of which she doubted could be found on the earth as it is now. She witnessed technological advancement well beyond what the world currently has. 
She, what she didn't see, she didn't see any flags, wars, prisons, homeless, injustice, no strife, no division, nor were there any churches. In fact, the only thing close to religious expression she saw was a great multitude bowing down to a tremendous statue. And at that, she felt emotion like she had felt never before in her entire life. She describes it, she, it was a clean, untainted emotion. And then she asks, who is that statue? And the devil says, our son. So here's why he showed her that. I think a lie that a lot of women in our culture have bought into today. And I, I even see this in the church. This idea that I could be Cosmo and Proverbs 31. Maybe you can. Nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to look great and uh, on the outside and and be great on the inside. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think a lot of women in our culture have bought a lie that they can achieve anything and everything. You can't. No one can. And the amount of pressure you put on yourself trying, take it from the guys, okay? We bought that lie a long time ago. How many families have we, just, have we destroyed in the history of our side of the species pursuing that lie? Sure. How many wars have we started pursuing that lie? No one can do anything or everything. We all have our limits. We all have our part to play uh, here uh, in history, as in his story. That doesn't mean don't aim for greatness and things of that nature. But I think there's a lot of women that are unfulfilled in our culture because they have bypassed the primary means by which they would achieve the, that legacy and significance in order to pursue a counterfeit version that is largely uncatchable. I mean, you're, 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 on a, you're a hamster on a wheel. It's impossible because yep. you can't accomplish the task that you yes. think you need to. Yes. And, and ultimately, something's going to suffer. As a result, what what Ray is being offered here is the wholeness of her femininity by knowing that she's not just going to give birth to, but going to raise, nurture, mold um, someone who's going to change the world. He is affirming her deepest feminine yearning desire the maternal one ultimately that that is the number one not did i say only did no. i say only no no but it is the number one way that women are designed to achieve significance is the unique gift that you have of giving birth to the next generation that they come from you and just like he wanted Ray, he's, he's now asking Ray to meet his deepest need. He's now trying to meet hers. This is very much, very much a, a legitimate wooing process. It's just all from the dark dimension. It's just all with warped motivations. It's, it's the upside down, okay? But it's pursuing all of the same goals, all of the same purposes, just from the other side of the looking glass. Yeah, it's hell's enunciation. She's yes. Mary for hell. Yes. 
That's exactly what he's doing. He takes her to the top of the world. Where is that? Where do you think I got that notion yeah. from? I, what, where, what did I borrow? Has the enemy ever done such a thing as this before, for example? The three right? temptations. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I, we, we spent a good deal of time talking about ultimately what drives men. You know, the number one most influential woman in this world in my lifetime is Oprah Winfrey. And for all the things I, I don't agree with her about ideologically, she has she done a lot of great charitable work, a yeah. lot of phenomenal philanthropic work? Yes. Has she helped a lot of people in this world who otherwise weren't getting help? I think so. Should we acknowledge all of those things and be grateful yes. and, and, and honor them? Yeah. But she's also forsaken. Think about this. She's the, the number one female role model in this world in my lifetime. And yet, of her own volition, not because, and I, I know women that, I, that I'm close to, friends with, that are struggling to find a man worthy of them in this era. Trust me, you will have a lot of sympathy from me. I'm well aware of the sad state of masculinity in our, in our day and age, okay? That's not what we're talking about. She knowingly for, has forsook the two most important, I didn't say only, but the two most important ways women were designed to achieve significance in this world as a wife and a mom. She knowingly did so. It's not that she couldn't have children, not that she couldn't find a guy where they ever, she knowingly made these choices. If, how can someone who has, of her own volition, opted out of the two most driving impulses any female has? Why is she the number one model for womanhood in the world? And the fact that she is probably goes a long way into why I think a lot of women are unfulfilled. Okay. Wrong plumb line. You got the wrong plumb line. All right. Let's get to three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on The Steve Day Show. Yes, we need a little respite from the decline and fall of Western civilization. It's three non-political questions on the Steve Day Show. Question number one. What's one movie you can think of off the top of your head that's good, but you can only watch once? A movie that's good, but I could only watch one time. Can you think of one? I'm not... I'm not certain I've ever seen Schindler's List a second time all the way through. That's a good one now that you mention it. Have I seen that a second time? And I don't know that I have either. And if I have, I certainly haven't watched it stem to stern all the way through. And it's it's brilliant. One of the not only being shot in black and white, but I remember one time seeing it part of it a second time, but the the way they filmed the the violence, the piles, the of the bodies, mm-hmm. the executions, they went out of their way to make it look as real as possible. I'm just, for the sake, you get shot in an Avengers movie. You don't. It doesn't look like what it's like in real life. I mean, it's 
I, I, you'd, it's hard to tell that it's not actual just footage of real life executions. Just they, they made it. They, they, you have got just like in um, the Passion. Like they, they, there's we've seen the Passion before. The great, mm-hmm. what's the great one when we were kids? Um, uh, the, the, the Jesus story uh, that I, the, Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, well, I can't remember what the actor's name. I'm mean, you've mentioned it several times, but it's a classic of its time. But the the violence, you just don't experience the violence like you do in Mel Gibson's. There's mm-hmm. the, so it, sitting through that a second time is is challenging. I'm, I can't come up with a better answer than what you just did. So I'm going to second him. I'm going to say Schindler's List. I've, I know I've seen pockets of it after watching it all the way through the first time, but I know I have not set through the entire thing a second time. Um, for me, it's uh, it's The Revenant. I mean, it's it's a great movie, beautifully shot, very hard to watch. I mean, it's as much as you can sitting in you know a heated or cooled theater, um, watching a movie with maybe a cold one in your hand and popcorn, uh, as much as you can in that experience, um, it, it makes you feel like you're you know actually being attacked by a bear. Question number two. The Baltimore Ravens are proposing a new rule for how overtime games are conducted in the NFL. One team picks the spot of the ball to start overtime, and the other team chooses whether to play offense or defense. If the one team uh, picks, for example, the offense's 20-yard line, the opponent would then choose uh, whether to play offense from their own 20-yard line or to play defense with the other team having its ball on the 20. Do you think this is uh, this would make the overtimes in NFL better. If not, what changes would you make besides reverting to the college overtime rules? So the entire point of this is to reduce the importance of the, the coin toss. Okay, which I like. Now, I mean, since you took the rule that I would do, I, I think the college football overtime is perfect. I would well, not perfect. It's ideal. I would move the ball back to the forty, so that. You're not you're not without getting any yards in field goal range. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've at least got to get for a college kicker. I've at least got to get one first down to really be confident I can make a field goal. So I'd move the ball back to the 40, but I'd keep all the rest of the college football overtime rules exactly as they are. I'd put them in the NFL. But since you didn't give me that option, I love the idea that this is thinking about how do we remove the importance of the coin flip? Because the way it works now, it used to be whoever just scored first one now if you win the coin flip and score a touchdown that's the end of the game right and if you get a field goal the other team still gets the ball so i love the idea uh, i see how john harbaugh is working here i would support no okay. uh, you're right about the coin flip part of things but this is this is what people do these days the, the answer's right there with college football and they everybody but he told me i couldn't have that option I know, I know, okay. but this is this is what everybody does. They get in a room and they just like I've got to make because I'm the people we've been waiting for, and I'm smart. Stop it! It's so annoying. How is this even a f- DH in the National League? I'm sorry. That's how that guy. This this is no any idea is better than this. Uh, look at all look look at how long it took Aaron to describe it, just so we could understand <laughs> it. Well, part of that was he took the option off the table he knew I was going to take, which was if you're going to change it, just go to the college rule. That's the, to me, that's the best way to do it. So I know then, what, this how, isn't. How would you change it, Todd? Without going to college, just play it full no, fifteen I'm not, minutes. This is I'm this I'm ref, I'm Neo. I refuse to accept the terms here. This okay. is nonsense. Breaking the rules of three questions. All right, Todd. as Aaron is contemplating his third question, 
Reminder, if you're looking at getting involved in the real estate market, particularly during these unprecedented times, Bing. make sure you do so with our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. That is a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates who were victimized by real estate agents who uh, promised the moon and delivered far less when needed the most. They don't want the same thing to happen to you. That's why they have set up this referral service all over the country to help you find an agent whose track record of success is fully proven or fully vetted and proven. Otherwise, they would not get listed. They understand they work for you, not you for them. So if you're looking for a real estate agent you can trust, the name kind of says it all. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Here, Aaron, because I ex- accept the sanctity of the rules, here's a much better idea. Thank you. I was going to mercilessly, mercilessly mock you. you, you that's fine. <laughs> Uh, both all the players just on the sidelines, nobody on the field, coaches included, everybody standing there at the ready. You just throw the ball into the middle of the field. Everybody has to run out there the and scrum. get it. That's Capture it. the flag. Rugby. Nice. That's better. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like that idea. That's kind of akin to what uh, the XFL did. Uh, I, I like this rule. Uh, just, just, just make it so that the coin flip doesn't doesn't have nearly as much impact. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna go to the college rules. Uh, question three: If you were to start a restaurant, what would be the top four choices on your menu? I make um, an excellent French toast uh, recipe that I learned from Dave growing up. Um, this doesn't have to be your recipes. It just doesn't. Yeah, it just yeah, has to yeah, be but, your four. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's what I would I cook well. I make a great French toast. Um, I make a mean cavatelli. Um, so when it's Dad's night to cook, kids know chance are they're getting one of those two dishes. Um, pizza, because the combinations of what you could do there from an ingredients standpoint. Uh, the variation of it, uh, you have boundless options. And the dessert I would have would be the uh, uh, the the lava cake at Fleming's Steakhouse that they all make from scratch, including the whipped cream, which you guys have had, right? Yeah. That would be the dessert. Okay. I'd figure out how they do that. I'd get that recipe and I'd make that the dessert at our restaurant. Uh, buffalo wings, steak, um, potato, vinegar shots. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Four things used to be at Mount Rushmore, Four, of course. Yeah. For buffalo wings, uh, uh, steak, um, Reuben sandwiches, and vinegar. I do smoked burgers, um, probably hot Italian sausage, um, uh, steaks rare only and then for desserts I, I don't know maybe um sweetest fish <laughs> <laughs> whatever man john 317 <laughs> This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.